today on It's Time. But they laughed at Noah. In fact, the Bible said he preached to his generation. There's not one place in the Bible that I know of where Noah preached a sermon other than with his hammer and saw. It's time. Welcome to It's Time, the daily Bible teaching program of Mike Kessler, pastor of the River Christian Fellowship in Twin Falls, Idaho. Today, we're going through the book of Exodus. So turn there in your Bible and follow along with Pastor Mike. Good morning to everyone. I'd like to invite you to open your Bibles up to the book of Exodus, chapter 12. Exodus 12, as we go through the entirety of God's Word. You know, again, the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah, line upon line, precept upon precept is the way we study God's Word. You know, the Bible, if somebody gets off in a doctrine, if you read the entirety of the Bible, it's going to bring you back to what God's truth is. And that's why it's important that, again, Jesus said we live by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I sometimes like to live on those words that I like. God says you need to live on all of them. It's going to give you a balanced diet. Got to eat your vegetables. You know, that's one of the things. I know a lot of us just like to eat cotton candy and pretend we're at the fair every day. But the truth of the matter is there's a time when we have to grow up in our relationship with God. And knowing the entirety of God's word, we see, first of all, the love of God. And this is today one of the principal things that I believe we need to preach in God's kingdom. But also there is the wrath of God that unfortunately is lacking so much in the world today. In other words, God is this big, big God in heaven with a long flowing beard and big, heavy, thick sunglasses on, and doesn't really see what's really going. No, 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 friends. That's not the Bible definition of God. In fact, God sees it all, and thank God that he does. I always tell people, you know, I love that when uh, I'm scooting down the road backwards on the ice in January. I'm glad I'm in God's, God's eye at that point. So as we look at this today, we're going to pick up the story where we left off last week. We remember that God had told Moses, now the 10th plague is going to come. The firstborn is going to die. Why is it, and by the way, this plague, the 10th plague that came upon the land of Egypt, why was it the firstborn of Egypt must die? I think that's a good question. Why wasn't it something else like like fire come down from heaven or something else? Why was it the firstborn? Because back in Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, Moses tells Pharaoh, let my people go that they may worship me because Israel is my firstborn. It is interesting, God has requirements. And unless those requirements are made, there's a debt to be paid. 
This is one of the great problems for all of humanity, that there's a debt that we have to pay for our sins. Now, again, the Ten Commandments were never meant to justify a man. They were meant to show us how desperately we needed a Savior. In fact, even when the disciples of Jesus heard that the Gentiles were getting saved in the book of Acts, they said, what rules are we going to, what, what of the commandments are we going to make the Gentiles come under since none of us can ever keep the Ten Commandments. And so understanding that really we had to have somebody save us because we're incapable of saving ourselves. Let's pray. Father, as we go to your word today, we ask you that your Holy Spirit would now come and and show us, God, your wonderful truths in your word, that we would have a balanced understanding of your love and the judgment upon this world that is to come. And so we ask you now that you would motivate us. Holy Spirit, come and be our our invited guest here today. That you would cause us to remember these things. And Lord, we love you and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's go to verse 21 of chapter 12. Then Moses called for all the elders of Israel and said to them, pick out and take lambs for yourself according to your families and kill the Passover lamb. Now, friends, again, Jesus said, search the scriptures in them. You think you have eternal life, but they're which testify of me. They're all about me. Jesus said the Old Testament is all about him. And you know, when we really study the scripture, and I'll tell you, I've been through the Old Testament many, many times, but what I always find interesting is I'll always find a new picture of Jesus. I think about the prophet that goes through the streets of Jerusalem carrying a water pot. And by the way, that was women's work in those days. But here is a guy, a prophet, carrying a water pot through the city of Jerusalem, gathers a crowd because that's not something that normally happens, takes the pot, goes outside the walls of Jerusalem, throws it down and says, this is what God thinks of your sin. You kind of look at that and go, well, that's kind of an interesting story. But what's weird about that? Jesus, God Almighty, the Bible says, God's only begotten son. In fact, he shall be called Emmanuel. Matthew 1.1 means God with us puts on flesh, a clay pot, if you will. He is then taken through the streets of Jerusalem, outside the city walls. Jesus is crucified for our sins. This is what God thinks of your sin. The pot was broken. Now, when you look at that, you realize God has picture types all the way through the Bible. He said, now take a Passover lamb. The Bible says Jesus was our Paschal lamb that took away the sins of the world. That's who Jesus is. This all reflects back to him. So we understand how great and how important what Jesus did for us, that God is a legal God. He's not some willy happenstance, oh, whoopee, whoopee kind of thing. No, everything is done according to his plan. The wages of sin is death. That's what the Bible says. That's God's economic standard. We have to understand that. God has a value system. Now, today, well, 
the United States used to be on the gold system, and then we ran out of gold. So then we went on the silver system, and then we ran out of that. And then we were on the penny standard, the copper in the pennies. And then they decided there was three cents worth of copper in a penny. So therefore, we can't make the pennies out of copper anymore. So now they're copper-plated zinc slugs. We find our economic system crumbling, but God has an economic system too. And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin or remission of sin. Now, why is that important? I need to know how God's going to judge the world someday. The Bible tells us in his word how God's going to judge the world. And God is a legal God. He's a, he's a businessman, friends. You look at the parables that Jesus gave. To one he gave ten, one he gave five, one he gave one talent. He said, go do something with it. I'll be back. I'll be back. And he came back. He called his servants into accountability and said, what did you do with the ten I gave you? And he says, well, master, I went out and made ten more. What did you do with the five I gave you? I went out and made five more. By the way, he said, well done, good and faithful servant. Be ruler over ten cities. See, God rewards us for what we do. And we remember the guy with one talent. He said, well, here it is. I just buried it in the dirt because I knew you were a hard man. You always try to get something where you haven't given anything. That didn't make the master happy. He said, you lazy servant. You at least went down and put the talent in the bank. I'd have got interest. You're too lazy to do that. Take it away from the man who has one and give it to the man who has 10. But Lord, he already had 10. He says, everybody that has, when you've been faithful, more will be given unto you. And if you're unfaithful in what you have, what you have will be taken away. Friends, this is why I look at this. Be faithful in what God's given you. It's a reflection of Jesus Christ. Like we study in the Old Testament, the Paschal Lamb. Those things that God does in your life are a reflection of Jesus Christ in your life today. What has God given you? Do you have an eye for the kingdom? And interesting, the Bible says that that we we need to uh, pray without ceasing. What does that mean? Walk around with our eyes clenched, bumping into walls? No. What it means is a constant state of the awareness of God's presence in your life. As a Christian, friends, I want that. I don't want to just come see God on Sunday morning. Hey, God, looks like you're doing pretty good here. See ya. No, God goes with us wherever we go. I shared this story. I was in a church one time, and the minister on Sunday morning gets up and goes, as he's praying, he goes, Oh, Lord, as we come into your presence today. Say, dude, where have you been all week that you thought you were out of God's presence? We're always in God's presence. Isn't that great to know? Like I say, when you're scooting down backwards on the ice in January in your car, I'm glad God's there. See, God's not hard to find if you know him. The problem is, if you're estranged from God, your sins are blocking your relationship with God. You don't want to find God. You want to escape from God. You don't want to go to church. You don't want to be around people who love God. Why? Because of conviction. In other words, I know that there's a standard that God wants, and I don't want to meet that legal requirement, so therefore it's better to just stay stoned or drunk or running from the sins I can't erase. That's the problem. 
So, pick out for yourself the Paschal Lamb. Listen, God picked out a lamb for you and me called Jesus Christ. He paid a debt that I could not pay. I like that about God. God always makes the first move. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you know that's the first encounter you'll have when you have visitors come over, unless you're out in your front yard mowing the lawn? The first encounter you have is knock, 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 and you open the door. See, the, the Bible says Jesus made the first move. He knocks at the door of our heart. Okay, let's look. He says, and you'll take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood that is in a basin, and strike the lintel, the doorpost, with that blood that is in the basin, and none of you shall go out the door of your house until morning. Very clear God's direction concerning what is about to come. Now, friends, listen. There was a judgment that was going to come upon the world in Noah's day. Anybody, anyone could have got in the ark. But they laughed at Noah. In fact, the Bible said he preached to his generation. There's not one place in the Bible that I know of where Noah preached a sermon other than with his hammer and saw. And for a hundred, over a hundred years, he built the ark. I imagine he was ridiculed. Hey, why don't you turn that into a casino? Hey, what is that weird thing you're doing? And then all of a sudden, all these weird animals start showing up. And two by two, they start getting in this big box. What's that all about? I don't know, man. I, you know, maybe, maybe he's doing a zoo. I don't know. They fail to interpret the data at hand. Now, in other words, when you start seeing things weird out of the normal, that should perk your interest. First of all, you got a guy working on a boat for a hundred years. Now, all of a sudden, all these animals start showing up and they still didn't get it. The Bible says God closed the door. Now, that would be weird. The last animal goes in and all of a sudden, the door's closed. That's it. Pharaoh was about to have a judgment come upon his land as well. In fact, as a matter of fact, there's a judgment, everyone, getting ready to come upon this world. We know as Christians as the tribulation period. The Bible says that God's bride is not appointed to his wrath. And we do know that the tribulation period is God's wrath being poured upon an unbelieving world and dealing with his nation of Israel that last final seven-year period of time, the 70th week of Daniel. Here's the point. If we know it's coming, there was judgments in the Bible. There was warnings of judgments in the Bible before it actually came. See, you're, you're on the inside scoop. You, you know what God's doing. And but Mike, how do we know? I mean, how do you know the world isn't going to go on for another 50 or 100 or 200 years? Friends, it can't. Now, let me explain why. There's not a single weapon that man has invented that he has not used. That ought to cause every one of you that aren't Christians to lay awake at night. No wonder you need to eat no-dos. The reason why is there's a worldwide pending judgment. Now, when you realize that North Korea, Iran, 
these underdeveloped nations that, in fact, they listed North Korea as one of the poorest countries on earth now possess nuclear weapons. Friends, they don't have anything to lose. Do you think that this is going to go on for years and years and years, given the current economic stress in the world, given the medical issues that are befriending man? You see, a person that can think gets back and looks at this and goes, this is going to go off the cliff here. Well, yeah, it is. America, $28.8 trillion in debt. Your Congress just approved another $3 trillion. Now think about that for a minute. Over $30 trillion. All the nations of the world combined are not as far in debt as we are. There's going to come a point where people are going to say, we don't want your money. We don't want your stuff. And what will happen? Your 401k becomes a 01k. Inflation runs rampant. I watched a story last night on local television. They were talking about, well, you know, inflation's bad, but nothing to worry about yet. What? Yet? People put their hope, faith in the wrong things. Just as it was when God was speaking to Moses, there's going to be a judgment in the land of Egypt. We know God's judgment is coming on this earth. And so he says, take the blood of the lamb, put it on the lintel, on the sides, and on the head. Notice it doesn't say on the threshold. Sides, by the way, the principal places that Jesus bled from his hands and his head. We remember that, that um, not on the lintel. Why? Or not on the, on the, on the, on the uh, threshold, on the floor. Why? Because we don't trample the blood of God underfoot. Well, notice he says here, by the way, hyssop all the way through the Bible is used for purification. It's a weird thing that God does. In fact, when Jesus was on the cross and he said, I thirst, they took a sponge soaked in sour wine and lifted it up to Jesus on what? A branch of a hyssop. Interesting, we find that noticed here as well. And so it says that uh, don't go out of your house till morning. For the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians when he sees the blood on the lintel on the doorpost. The Lord will pass over the door and not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. It is interesting here, the word destroyer to come in to you. It is interesting to me, the Bible says Satan is the destroyer. Some people wonder who this death angel was that passed through the land. And there's some pretty good argument for that being Satan. Well, why would God allow that? Because you've got to remember something. The devil is still God's devil. The devil can only do what God allows him to do. Read the book of Job, first couple of chapters, you'll get the picture. So remember that he can't just willy-nilly do whatever he wants to do. He's still God's devil. But here's the point. I believe the devil and the demons want to destroy all of humanity. I do. I think every time the devil and the demons look at humanity, kill them all. Why is that? Well, 
Remember, the Bible says God made man a little lower than the angels, didn't bother the devil at all. But then God said, I'm going to elevate those that love me of this new creation called humans above the angels. In fact, 1 Corinthians 6 says, do you not know someday you will judge angels? Speaking of the fallen ones. And elevate them above the angels and call them his bride, God's bride. That's who you are. Now, again, you find picture types of this all the way through the Bible as an example when uh, Abraham sent his servant out to get Isaac, his son, a wife. The unnamed servant goes, goes to a place. He goes, Lord, I don't know who to have come home, find a bride. The one who offers to water the camels, that's the one. The one that acts as a servant, that's the one. Having never been to Abraham's home, have never seen Isaac, this young girl follows an unnamed servant home. You, having never been to heaven, never seen Jesus face to face, you follow that unnamed servant called the Holy Spirit to Jesus. And someday we'll be with him. Now the Bible says that as we uh, examine the whole picture of God's ultimate plan, I believe when he, when, when, when the devil heard that you were going to be elevated above the angels, I believe this is what caused him and a third of the host of heaven to rebel as well that there was going to be something above them. And I believe every time the devil looks at human beings, kill them. So was the destroyer where God said, okay, go ahead, but you can't touch anybody that doesn't have the blood. And he went through and laid waste. Now notice it says here, don't go out of your home. And uh, again, the destroyer, um, the destroyer to come into your house to strike you. Don't go outside. And you shall observe this thing as an ordinance for you and your sons forever. And it will come to pass when you come into the land which the Lord will give you, just as he promised, the promised land, then you will keep this service. And it shall be that when your children say to you, what do you mean by this service? Then you will say it is the Passover sacrifice of the Lord who passed over the houses and the children in the land of Egypt when he struck the Egyptians and delivered our households. So the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Whoa, a lot of stuff here. Let's look. Okay. It says that he struck the Egyptians and delivered our household. I have found when God moves in, in, in life, in your personal life, he does more than just the one thing you ask him to do. I think this is why God waits when we ask him to do something, because God accomplishes several things. The first thing it says that he did, he struck the Egyptians. The second thing he did was he delivered our household. So he dealt with the enemy of Israel, who they were slaves to, and he allowed the children of Israel to go to their promised land. That's the way God works. He doesn't just do one thing. He does more than just one thing when we ask him to intervene. So the people bowed their heads and worshiped. Wow. Have you ever thought about that? You know, we want to worship the Lord. It says they worship the Lord by just doing this, bowing their heads and praying. Wow. Isn't that amazing? 
that God takes your prayers as worship? You know, a lot of times we think, well, we got to be in a worship service and we have laser light shows and we got to be waving our hands and banners and dancing and twirling. And, you know, God says worship is just, I like that. God meets you right where you are. Isn't that great to know? That I don't have to be in a building. Now, I think coming to church in a, is, is good because we encourage one another. We bless one another. You bring something to everybody. Everybody brings something to you. A fellowship is the way it's supposed to work. It's, 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 it's really a grand thing where we act more like a family than a corporation. But that's what God wants. But it's always good to know that I can dial direct and save. I can just say, Lord, thank you. Bow your head. God counts it as worship. Then the children of Israel went away and did so just as the Lord commanded, as Moses and Aaron, so they did. Thanks for joining us on It's Time, as Pastor Mike teaches verse by verse through the Bible. If you've missed a program or would like to catch up, you can do so by getting it from the It's Time podcast in the iTunes store or by downloading it from the It's Time website at theriverchristianfellowship.com. On behalf of Pastor Mike and the rest of us here at the River Christian Fellowship, thanks for listening and tune in next time for It's Time. It's Time.